All right, guys, you're here with Josh Thompson. We are going to give you a little bit more of my punk's opinion. Um, let's talk real, just real quick. Let's, cause I'm not going to really break down the whole card last night. Uh, the UFC, I think, what was it? UFC Fox Sports 1 card with Yair Rodriguez versus uh, Korean Zombie. Wow. I mean, uh, I mean, the fight was, to me, the fight was okay. You know, it was good. It was entertaining. Um, Yair had moments where I felt like he was going to run away with it. I thought both of them for the inactivity for being inactive for so long that they both fought really well. Definitely very entertaining fight. Good fight. Um, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be uh, 100% up front and uh, full disclaimer. I'm not a big Yair fan. I just, uh, with Rodriguez, I'm not a big fan. Uh, I do think he's flashy. I think it's good. Uh, I would have been interesting to see if the fight would have went the distance on how the judges would have scored it. Because Yair did a lot of flashy stuff, but nothing really landed. You know, so it looks cool. It's all great. But um, I don't know. It just, to me, it felt like nothing really, uh, really landed. Nothing was all that great. Sure, he had, he was able to give him a little a little cut over the <clears throat> the lip, you know, the damage. I, I, I think it's entertaining. I think it's very entertaining. This is the entertainment business. Uh, Yair is very entertaining. <clears throat> the Z Korean zombie is very entertaining. Uh, I love the style, uh, the two of them together. You know, the kicks were devastating. I'm watching the replay right now. Uh, the kicks were devastating right off the bat. He hit him with a beautiful kick. I mean, but he just caught him right behind the knee. It kind of broke his balance. You could tell that the leg kicks weren't really having a full effect on him, or there wasn't anything that made him switch stances ever. He kind of just kept walking forward. Uh, the Korean zombie was just able to keep pushing. He never was really able to land a real clean, so solid shot, something that I thought felt like wobbled him. Even when he wobbled back uh, um, <clears throat> Yair, it was more like an off-balance. He was throwing at the same time, and I wouldn't say that like he was rocked because he recovered very fast. He recovered very well. Um, you know, he had some beautiful spinning elbows and, uh, the, obviously the last elbow was just with, I want to say less than a second left in the fight was amazing. I mean, right at the buzzer, he threw that little back up elbow, uh, with his head ducked down. I mean, these are things that like you, you just throw to throw to see if anything lands. I mean, I don't know how you even practice things like that. So it's fascinating to see him do things, uh, like this, but I, I wouldn't say there was anything that I felt like. Korean zombie had hit Yair with that really wobbled him, <clears throat> you know, that made him, I mean, sure, there's things that clipped him and rocked him, but Yair came back right back right away with a lot of good stuff. I mean, beautiful knockout there at the end. I think, yeah, exactly, right? I mean, producer Dave, uh, who's a little hungover from last night, is, uh, is, I think he's watching, it looks like he's watching the fight for the first time. He probably watched it last night, just doesn't remember or recall it. But just a devastating knockout. I feel really bad for uh, the Korean Zombie. Only based on, I mean, I would have loved to have seen it had this fight went the distance or at least taken a look at the scorecards to see how the fight would have turned out. I don't know if we can maybe potentially find those. But <clears throat> it was a good fight, man. I mean, like, it was it was entertaining all the way around. There was moments where I felt like Korean Zombie could have potentially pushed the pace a little bit more uh, in some certain areas. I think with somebody like Yair, you've got to stay in his grill the whole time. Not a whole lot of um, space for him to use his kicks, but you got to be careful too because you show you saw a little bit of Yair uh, with his takedowns, uh, trying for takedowns, beautiful little spinning things, uh, spinning elbows, spinning kicks, that little front kick to the thigh. I'm really against it. I hate the fact that we're allowed to do that. It's not even to the thighs, like right to the front of the knee. 
And it bugs me. Like it really does bug me because I mean, you were talking about people's careers and their livelihood later on in life having a, an effect to them. I mean, I know with CTE and stuff, we're also talking about those type of issues as well. <clears throat> but I feel like one little um, adjustment would be good where we just we don't allow kick straight to the front of the knee uh, would be nice. But hey, this is the fight game. This is what we do. But what a devastating knockout. I got to I got to tip my hat off to Yair. I'm not a big fan uh <clears throat> I guess of just him. I think it's based off the whole Zabit uh, thing where he didn't want to fight him, then he left and then uh you know he kind of came back to the UFC with his tail between his legs. I just it was a little it rubbed me kind of the wrong way. I don't know, it just you know and then for him to come in and have a good fight. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. But, uh, you know, that's just my take on it, just my opinion on, you know, on that type of thing. I hate to see people leave a promotion trying to stand their ground and then they come uh, quivering back, you know, and it just kind of, it's kind of weird, man. Like, I feel like, you know, I mean, it's not a, it's bad enough that fighters, we kind of already feel like we're at the mercy of the promotion, you know, Um you know, I know a lot of the guys at the UFC, I know, like, I, you know, when I first fought for them the first time, I was thinking to myself, man, it's like you have nowhere else to go. But um, with all the other options that you have now, you've seen with Eddie Alvarez getting a huge contract with uh, 1FC, you know, obviously Bellator's a viable option, a very viable option, given that, you know, Roy McDonald's there, Phil Davis is there, Matt Mitrione's there, uh, you know, Fedor, Emelianenko, they're all there. <clears throat> they all had options to stay with the UFC or go with the UFC, and they chose to go to Bellator. So all those things being said, I just feel um, – I would have liked to have seen <clears throat> sure he's great i think i think it would be great for he's i'm glad he's here doing what he loves you know he obviously wanted to be here he wanted to be here in the ufc but i would have um i i just i would have loved to have seen uh you know for him to stick you know stand stick to his guns and uh continue to leave and you know fight somewhere else but hey then we wouldn't have seen this knockout that we saw last night you know nasty i mean it almost and here's the thing though he's the korean zombie but if you watch it looks like he fell like a zombie in a movie you know if you go back and you watch the replay i feel so bad for him man i mean that's the scorn had him winning <clears throat> korean zombie yeah yes see the live scorecard was korean zombie was up four rounds <laughs> Wow, four rounds to none. Oh, poor guy, man, poor guy. All he had to do was one second left. He would have won. Oh, man. almost want to see the fight again now. You just showed me those scorecards. Jeez, 10-9 first round, zombie, 10 round, 10-9 uh, second round, 10-9 third round. 10-9 fourth round zombie all for zombie oh man you gotta be and ah geez man i feel so bad well it is what it is you know uh great fight though great you know great night um the other fight i was very impressed with was uh obviously cowboy cerrone man i mean uh long time veteran 35 years old I love when the I love when the old I love when us older guys you know are able to, have to shut up the younger guys and I think it was great to see uh, Mike Perry bit off a little bit more than he could chew. He looked came out looked impressive, but you know people have to remember that the fight game isn't generally not decided in the first you know minute. And Mike Perry's super explosive. It's not decided always in the first round. He had a beautiful little reversal there from the ground when Mike Perry took him down with that little outside leg trip, you know and. And uh, Don and Cerrone was able to like kind of hook the arm and give the full roll, push on the hip, 
Then he, you know, I mean, one thing you can say with with Cowboy, he's always been dangerous on the ground. I just wish he would utilize it more. He's got good kicks, great knees, uh, phenomenal. I mean, uh, uh, on the ground though, I mean, he's always been phenomenal on the ground. He's got so many submissions. He now just takes over uh, for the UFC record, most wins in UFC history. Most You've finishes got, as well. And most finishes as well. I mean, it's probably not hard to get to that record given that he fights, you know, like they said, 14 times a month. But you know what, though? The guy's an animal. I mean, <clears throat> when this is a guy that when he when he does it, he goes all in, man. I mean, he's balls deep right now in this whole sport. Uh, he loves it. He loves, he loves to fight. There's no doubt about that he loves doing this. Um, he's been doing it at the highest level for the longest time, <clears throat> you know, uh, just phenomenal, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like super excited for him. Happy for him. He's I, every time I've met him, we fought on some of the same cards together. You know, he was the fight that I felt like I was always supposed to have when I went back to the UFC the second time. And uh, you know, it was. Uh, but still, regardless, just I love watching him fight, man. You know, I'm um, happy for him. You can see his little uh, his little son there. Uh, that's awesome. I think it's great when uh, fighters sometimes, you know, especially at that age, bring their son in and or their kids in and. You know, especially after a victory, and you get, you get an opportunity to see the true the, the true side of a fighter. And to me, that was phenomenal. So good to see. Happy for him. Uh, the other fight that kind of was was good was uh, was the uh, Jermaine Durandamy fight and uh, Raquel Pennington fight. Good fight. Very very happy. Very impressed. Um, man, Raquel, I felt like she had moments where she could have won the fight, and she just wasn't able to get a. a, a a big offensive takedown or something that would really kind of solidify the round for her. And that fight to me was a lot closer than 3027. Uh, they had Jermaine winning 3027, I think on all the scorecards. And um, <clears throat> I felt like the fight was a lot closer than that. You know, uh, it was, I could have seen one round or maybe even potentially two going to Raquel. I mean, I'm a big Jermaine def uh, fan. We we trained together at AKA for a couple years. Uh, super nice girl. I'm happy for her to come back and get a win and get back on track. And, you know, Raquel's got a <clears> – <throat> the fact that she missed weight, you can tell. And I've been there. I've been there in that situation a little bit was was uh, was when I was supposed to fight um, <clears throat> uh, Eves Edwards. I was supposed to be fighting him for the UFC title at the time. And then I was supposed to fight also Anthony Pettis for the UFC title. Uh, there was moments where there was several times where I was supposed to fight um, Gilbert Melendez for the Strike Force title, and it just it just was like moments where I, you get hurt or um, the the fight didn't happen, or and you just almost like lose interest in the fight game itself. You're like, man, what am I doing this for? You feel like everything you worked for didn't come to a head. It's supposed to all work perfectly, and in the fight game, it never does. And so I think she needs to refine herself on not not that she needs to change her game or do any of those things. She needs to do is she needs to she needs to find herself and like be happy with where she's at. I mean she's she's won maybe two fights away now for a title shot, but she's nasty good. I mean Raquel Pennington is um, phenomenal, but just seems like this fight didn't seem like she was fully motivated. Uh, I think she kind of came in like, oh, whatever happens, happens, you know, but you could tell, I think in the beginning of the third round or the like half of the second round, she just started showing that, wow, I'm in this fight. Like I, all I had to do, all I have to do is like come in and just push a little bit harder and could potentially win this round or win this fight. 
And you could tell she started trying a little bit harder, like halfway through the round. The first round, maybe first round and a half, she was kind of looked like she was just going through the motions. And as the fight went on, she started picking it up. And I was like, wow, this is good. This is, you know, this is going to be a great fight if she can get it together. She just couldn't solidify a takedown. There was one moment where she lifted uh, Jermaine uh, up off the ground. And I thought for sure she was going to get her down. She just couldn't get the takedown. And uh, I've trained with Jermaine, and Jermaine's nasty in the clinch. Uh, she's strong as she's strong as an ox, man. She's super strong. Um, true story on this. Her and I were sparring one day, and I was using her for my fifth round, getting ready for. Um, I think I was getting ready for Pettis at the time, you know, before Pettis had pulled out. And that chick fucking jumped in the air. I was like dog dead tired after going two rounds with Khabib and two rounds with um, <clears throat> with uh, Tomas Dion, and man. That chick did a spinning back kick right to my fucking face. And I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be, huh? Jermaine just kicked me right in the face, like square in the face. Boom. And I was like, oh, man. I picked her up, threw her on the ground, and just started ragdoll. So mad. I was so pissed. I was like, you're going to do that to me in the in the fifth round? I'm exhausted, and you're out here fresh? Oh, man, I was pissed. So, but she's nasty good, man. Like, she fought a boxing match and knocked out a dude. You know, I mean, there's a video of her on YouTube. She got big power in the hands, you know, nasty little leg kicks, you know, uh, but she puts her combinations together. The The problem is she's she's so timid in MMA because she's everyone all I want to do is people want to just take her down. You know, the fight that never happened that should have happened. Yep, there it is. You know, <clears throat> if you look up this video, what's the name of the video? Jermaine Dermonomy knocks out a man. Yeah, look up that video. She knocks this dude out, like slumps him in the corner. Just nasty good. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was it was good. But anyways, um, <clears throat> the fact that she's even fighting a guy, I'm just like, this is nuts. Yeah, this dude trying to swarm her like he's going to beat her up, and he's landing some shots. And, oh, shit. <laughs> Damn, son. Oh, dude. Wow. Fight a woman with the potential. Damn. Damn. Look, he can't even get up. That's Fucked up. She's nasty. Look at her. She's man. That's crazy. I love it. Anyways, you can't be mad at that. I mean, she she's good. A lot of these girls are, are really afraid to stand with her. The fight that it's it's sad. The fight that never will happen probably is a fight with her and Chris Cyborg. I would have loved to have seen that fight. Um, I think Cyborg would have stood with her. I think um, she would have potentially threatened the takedowns just to make Jermaine think about it. But, man, I would have loved to have seen that fight. That would have been a phenomenal fight. But, um, you know, <clears throat> it is what it is. We get what we want. Now she's at 135. Maybe she'll be the champion there. I mean, she's going to have a hard time beating uh, Amanda Nunez, though, when, uh, if Amanda comes back down. I don't think Amanda's going to get past Cyborg. Um, but I would have liked to have seen that fight for sure. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> um, those are the those are the two two of the topics talking about that. or the Those are the three fights that I wanted to talk about for that card. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, you know, there was some good, there was some good fights on the card overall good. And, uh, what else? What other, what other action is there? Uh, there's the, um, Ben Askren's first fight is announced for Robbie Lawler. Ben Askren has officially been announced to fight Robbie Lawler. Um, look, I'm going to, I'm going to take this into a bunch of other avenues with the Ben Askren thing. And, uh, man, there's so many different ways to go on with this Ben Askren thing. 
All right, guys, look. I personally am a Ben Askren fan. I've had the opportunity to train with him just, you know, one or two times at AKA. He came in and trained. Um, I've trained with T. Wood. My question is, do they plan on fighting? And everyone keeps telling me, no, they don't. But I want to I remind people that even though fighters always say that they will never fight, the only guys that I have ever really met that put, I guess that I have met, is that have not fought, that were at the same camp, was John Fitch and Josh Koscheck in DC and Kane. I mean, I'm sure there's more. I'm, don't 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 sit here and like bombard my my comment section with you idiot. What about this person? What about that person? I'm just saying off the top of my head while I'm sitting here, those are the obviously because those are my teammates. Those are guys that I know that were offered to fight each other that never fought each other. Um, they had asked me to fight Gray Maynard at a time too, when, when I was, uh, at the camp, uh, when Gray was at AKA, they had also asked how I fought, how I felt about potentially fighting Khabib at the time, which Khabib was lower, lower ranked than I was at the time. And I was like, look, this is the thing. When you get to the top, we'll have this discussion for the title because what people don't seem to understand is when you're talking about T wood and you're talking about Ben Askren and sure they wrestled, I think they wrestled together at Mizzou. They've been teammates for a while. I think they trained together at Duke Rufus's for a while. I don't even know if Ben, I don't even know if, if wood is still at, uh, at, uh, Duke Rufus's, but let me ask you this money changes everything. And I'm not saying that they should fight. I don't think that they should. I don't think they should for the UFC. I don't think they should for any other promotion. If you feel if you feel that your friendship is worth more than that, then then don't do it. And I agree with you 100%. But I also want you to understand that if that was you and you have two or three kids. And I'm not saying I'm just saying if you have two or three kids and you have mouths to feed and you have to understand that making $120,000 versus making $2 million is what you're choosing whether or rather than fight your rather than fight your friend what do you think you're going to do the you, the the title itself carries that much weight so if you say hey i can make 120 or 140,000 dollars you know and then 10 grand in sponsors you know from reebok okay um or i can make 2 million dollars you know, and another forty grand or whatever in sponsors from Reebok, and probably another forty or fifty in in Monster or whatever else it is that have sponsoring. You're gonna have to ask yourself, um, like, am I gonna fight this guy? And am I gonna live the lifestyle that I want to live? Like, if and I feel, I honestly believe that if that was your friend, <clears throat> he should understand more than anyone. Because let's not forget that Robbie Lawler used to, or not Robbie Lawler, but. T. Wood used to train an American top team. I think he even owns an American top team school. I think it's, it's something like that. Okay. Um, or like a branch of an American top team school. Let's not forget that he trained with Robbie Lawler at ATT. So and he still fought him. Okay. I mean, because that's what he needed to do. The, the money was the money. Like, that's what it comes down to. Now Lawler's somewhere else, I believe. But now he's fighting, now he's fighting Ben Askren. I mean, it's... Let's, it's not far-fetched to think that these guys won't fight. And that's what people are like thinking to themselves. Yeah, there's no way they're going to fight. There's no way I would never fight that guy. Well, I'm, I'm not looking. And if they don't, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's fine. But what I'm saying, though, is let's not be mistaken that money does tend to change people's minds. And then on top of it, the UFC does tend to get in people's minds about fighting. 
You know, they do they do tend to throw more money at the, the issue or the problem, generally, unless you're talking about Cain Velasquez's contract right now, okay? They do tend to throw more money at that, but they, they're not going to do it this time. I mean, they, with, with, ben, with, uh, with Ben and T, from what I understand, that they, have, they kind of have been hinting around they would like them to fight, from what, I, from what I've heard from people from the UFC. But there's also talk that T. Wood doesn't, think, doesn't know or doesn't think he can beat Ben, so he's going to go up to 185. That, to me, is a bad... That's a huge mistake. Like You're going to go up to 185, and you're going to fight there. And these guys are enormous. And do I think you'll do you'll do okay? Yeah, but you're going to be like a Benson Henderson that goes from 155 to 170 dealing with these animals. These guys are huge. Can you imagine T. Wood and Yoel Romero? I mean, it's you're talking about like guys, like someone who's explosive and fast and really good wrestler. I mean, like all the things that T. Wood is, but you have to fight that guy. I mean. He's just a bigger version of, of you. I mean, your stand up or T Woods stand up is better, you know, boxing, you know, like, but the power and the, the size is definitely goes to him. So all those things being said, I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I, I just, people talk about that fight. Like it's never going to happen. I said, do not be surprised. What happens if T Wood goes up, gets mopped. He's like, you know what? I liked being champion at 170. Why don't I go back down? And get that, and try to get that strap from from Ben. And I felt like always as a friend, when like you should understand that that person is trying to feed their family too. And if anything, I would much rather lose the title or fight or defend my title against my friend. Sure, would I hate to crush their dreams? Yeah, but at the at the same token, what happens if you did lose? At least you know that the title in and somebody that you respect and ha uh, has a family and kids and things like that also has opportunity to to make money for his family versus somebody you don't really care for or somebody you re don't really like. You know, what I mean, that's why I think yesterday when I was watching Cowboy Cerrone fight, it's hard not to root for the guy. I mean, the the guy comes out, always lays it on the line, fights his ass off, you know, and uh, brings his son out after. I mean. I, to me, that it's hard not to root for that guy, you know. And so when you when you see this, like when they when they had talked to me when I was supposed to fight uh, Anthony Pettis, and then um, I was lined up to fight Pettis. Gray Maynard uh, had just it was right before I think it was right before Gray had lost to TJ Grant and TJ had went out. They were asking me after my fight with Nate. Okay, look, you could be next in line for a title shot. Gray Maynard is right there. Gray Maynard's your 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 teammate. And you have someone who is undefeated. I believe he was like 22-0 and 0 or 20-0 and 0 at the time was Khabib, who's also on your team that's coming up. What are you going to do if you have to fight one of these guys? And I'm like, look, you know how much needs to happen between there, uh, between that and then? I mean, like, I'd have to fight Khabib. I'd have to fight uh, Gray. But there were so many fights that needed to happen in between there. And then they started doing the speculation right after I beat Nate. And it was like, why? I don't understand why you're even doing the speculation. Because Gray ended up losing, and then I, and then Pettis ended up pulling out because I got offered the title shot because TJ Grant, um, TJ Grant had had been injured, and was and basically had ne we have never seen him since. TJ Grant was injured, so then they gave they offered me the title shot because I was ranked number two or three or whatever it was at the time. So then then I end up he and Pettis ends up pulling out. I end up fighting. Uh, Benson and I end up losing a split decision to him. Well, guess what? Now Khabib rolls in. 
there was never a chance that any of us were ever going to fight because there were so many things that had to happen in between there. And here we are years later. I'm talking like five years later. Khabib finally gets his title shot. 20-something to know. What I'm saying is the speculation and all the things that happened before then um, is stirred up by either by the media or by the UFC or, you know, to potentially start laying that egg. You have John Jones, Rashad Evans. You know, there was a lot of push for Josh Koscik and John Fitch. There was push in the very beginning for Cain Velasquez in D.C., there was who else am I thinking of? There's there's other guy Robbie Lawler and T Wood. They fought. <clears throat> you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of these fights that that happened that the the seed is planted well before um, <clears throat> all right well before they they're even in contention to fight. The UFC is 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 pitching it to them, or at least to the camps. So then you have like this with Mike Perry and, and Donald Cerrone. Where maybe they didn't train as much before, or maybe they trained a little bit, but what they do is they plant the seed, and then the coaches are like, "Hey, well, I gotta get, I gotta make money too," and then the other coaches are like, "Well, I gotta make money too," and then the fighters are in the middle going, "Yeah, but you train with him, and you train with him, and and you guys watch us train, like you know our styles, like this is." You know, it, it causes a problem in the gym, and it caught, and they, and the UFC knows that, and not just the UFC. I'm sure other promotions do the same shit, but that's that's the the game plan is that the whole thing is laid out in front of them first, and they they know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to plant the seed from the very beginning that these guys are uh, potentially going to have to fight each other, and that's kind of what we saw. We saw that a little bit uh, with this Mike Perry fight. You know, like. Uh, Winkle John uh, basically has been working with Mike Perry. He's like, well, I need to make my money too. And that caused a problem because Cerrone's been there for, you know, 15-something years or something like that, you know, putting it all on the line for him. But that doesn't affect on how uh, on Winkle John's money. He doesn't make money off of him because I guess Greg Jackson works with, with Cerrone. So obviously that put that put a wrinkle in the whole deal. And, you have, uh, and the trainer's going to always go with the younger guy. So when they went with the younger guy, it's almost like a slap in the face to the veteran, you know. So uh, this is the this is the type of thing that I'm talking about when you get into the the Ben Askren and the T Wood thing. Money could make a difference in the end. It could turn into, hey, you know what? I need to feed my family too, and being the champion feeds them a lot better than not being the champion, you know. And as much as fighters like to say, no, I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to fight my friend. No, I'm not going to fight my friend. If you're going to fight your friend, there's no better way to fight your friend than if it's for the title. Because at least you know that you're both at the very you both are the very best and <clears throat> both the very best and you both are, you know, ready to you both are ready to uh, you know, to become champion. You both have families to feed, you both got to go through this. I mean, this is this is crazy, man. Like the 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 people that people believe that they're not going to um that they're not going to fight. Maybe they won't. But I'm saying, if I were you guys, I would not count this out. Now, back to Ben Askren on the whole uh, deal. Look, I like Ben. I love watching him fight. Uh, sure, he's not the most entertaining. But I want people to remember this. All the hype and all the things are going on right now. The conversation, all the talk, all of, you know, all these things. But I want you guys to you guys to remember this. Okay? You guys, oh, I want to see him fight this person. Oh, I want to see him fight that person. Okay? Halfway through his first fight, because he'll be the main event, halfway through his first fight, 
you guys are going to sit there and go, you know what? God, man, this is why he never came to the UFC. He's not, he's, for me, I I enjoy watching him fight. Every fan, everybody, they're not going to watch him fight anymore. And the UFC, I'm telling you now, mark my words. The UFC will have him fight until he wins. As, as long as he keeps winning, they will have him fight. As soon as he loses, they will put him on the undercard of the undercard of Facebook. Okay? Like, he will be the guy that they will s- s- kind of, like, start trying to weed out. They may put him, give him one more fight against somebody who they think that maybe potentially they can beat him so they can get him out of there. Do you guys remember Antonio McKee? Same shit. You guys remember Jake Shields? Same exact shit. All the hype. All the stuff around him. You know, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get him. Like, we got him. Go, we got Jake Shields. We've got him. You know, we, we signed Antonio McKee. You know, he's the longest guy with a win streak that, you know, never fought in the UFC. All these things, right? As soon as they lost, or as soon as uh, as soon as they lost, all the hype was gone. They pumped, they bumped them like so low on the card, or barely gave them some big fights. Found guys that potentially could beat them, you know, and try to get them beat, and then get them off the card. I think Antonio McKee only lost one time, and they scrapped him. You know, um, <clears throat> I'm telling you now, if they find somebody that can beat him. Uh, they will, they will, they will give him that. So Lawler is a stepping stone, I think, to try to get him <clears throat> to uh, to a title shot. You're gonna see him, you know, try to take Lawler down. Lawler has a good chance of stopping the takedown in the beginning. I think as the fight goes on, he's gonna have a harder time stopping the takedown. Um, <clears throat> you know, but Lawler's this guy, man. Lawler's the guy that has always, has always, um, just wanted the. He, he, he's always just wanted to fight the best guys. You know, and so he will do whatever it takes to get back to the title. Lawler's a gamer. I've Lawler's been around for the longest time. I've always enjoyed watching Lawler fight. It's a it's a dangerous fight for Ben, but it's an even more dangerous fight for Lawler because a loss puts him way out way outside of the uh, the title rankings. You know, and it keeps him away from T- uh, Tyrone Woodley, <clears throat> the potential of a rematch in that fight. So I would love to have seen that fight. Um, you know. But there's also there's also a little bit of what's going on with with Ben Askren talking about how <clears throat> um, Scott Coker basically exchanged saying that uh, that there was there was problems or there was something that he, no one wanted to sign him. They offered him they offered to to, to either borrow or take uh, Ben Askren from Bellator did Scott Coker did from One FC to put him into the tournament. Basically to say like, hey, if your guy wants to see who's the best, but we have Roy McDonald and we're going to put him in the tournament and we will have him fight Roy McDonald in the first round and he can go hell on and fight the rest of, you know, right to fight the rest of the tournament. Well, Ben Askren's guys said no, they didn't want to fight. So Bennett said, basically Scott said, look, Scott's like, I don't normally reply to these type of things, you know, but. The, the headline had come out, so uh, a headline came out saying that Scott Coker reveals that Ben almost found himself in the welterweight tournament, and then Ben replied saying to the headline, it was on BJ Penn, saying, um, well, this is about half of the truth from Scott Coker. I wanted to fight Rory, and he said no. It's simple. Yeah, well, here, okay, before you say, like, yeah, he said no, you want to fight Rory, which is fine, but no, no, 
promotion is going to say, yeah, come in and fight my champion, but I'm going to sign you to a one-fight deal. Turn around and do that to the UFC. They're going to be like, yeah, fuck you. Like, it doesn't matter what promotion you are. No promotion is going to sign you to a one-fight deal to come in and fight their champion. That's why when people talk about, when people talk about, hey, I want... I want to see this champion versus just champion from UFC and Bellator or from 1FC and, and Bellator, whatever it is. It's never going to happen, you guys, because what I, why, would, why would a promotion put their champion at risk and potentially lose to somebody else's champion? It's not going to happen. Those type of things aren't going to happen. Now, what we saw with um, Eddie Alvarez, or sorry, not Eddie Alvarez, but uh, Ben Askren and Demetrius Johnson, that could happen where you trade a guy and then now they, now that fighter now basically belongs to you. Now you don't care if they win two or three fights in a row. Like it's if Ben Askren wins all the way up to the title, <clears throat> T. Wood's going to have to go up or T. Wood's going to have to fight his friend because Ben wants to be champion. Ben's been champion in 1FC. Ben's been champion in Bellator. Ben's been champion, I don't know, wherever else, wherever else he's ever fought. Okay? But with with Ben, I mean, Ben Ben has the opportunity to become the UFC champion. But he's going to have to fight T. Wood. Because T. Wood, either unless T. Wood goes up, that fight's going to have to happen. I, I don't see any other way for this not to happen. Why would Ben come to the 170-pound division in the UFC, if he doesn't want to be champion, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm assuming T. Wood's going to go up. And all the things that I've heard from the UFC, from all the people that I know that work at the UFC, that have talked to me about it, is T. Wood's going to go up to 185. And if that happens, I mean, what happens when T. Wood gets up there and he realizes, man, these guys are huge. Do I think he'll have some success? Yes. So did, so did uh, Benson Henderson. But will he be the best? No. He will not be the champion at 185. Okay? So if that's the case, I mean, I can you imagine him? I mean, like, you haven't fight someone like Jacques Array. You haven't fight somebody like Yoel Romero. You haven't fight someone like a Luke Rockhold. I mean, he's going to have a really hard time fighting those guys. You know, his body frame is just not the same size as those guys. Luke's 6'3". You know, uh, 6'3", long, lanky. Uh, you know, Jacques Array obviously has knockout power. We just saw it with Chris Weidman. Um, phenomenal jiu-jitsu, probably the best jiu-jitsu in the game. It's, it's uh, Yoel Romero, just a bigger, stronger version of T. Wood. I mean, just, uh, you know, just an, a true athlete. I mean, just a, but a bigger one, just a bigger person. So... What's going to happen? Is that it, what? What's what's Ben Askren going to do? You know, um, as far as him fighting Roy McDonald, no promotion is going to ever sign you to fight their champion and then leave to a one fight deal. He offered to to sign him to the tournament. So if if Ben would have won the tournament, then I don't know what the contract would have said after that. But if Ben would have won the tournament, then uh, either he would have been champion in the in Bellator or. I mean, I, don't, I really don't know the, the full extent of the details on the, on the end of the tournament. But he had an opportunity to fight Ed Ruth. He had an opportunity to fight uh, Roy McDonald, become champion right off the bat with the first first round fight of, of Roy McDonald. Then he could have fought um, either Lima or Korshkov or one of those guys again, you know, in, in the finals. You know, I mean, it really depends. I would have liked to, I mean, you see somebody like a Ben Askren fighting, a, uh, fighting an MVP, someone who moves that well. Someone who you can't even sniff his legs. You know, that's going to be an interesting fight when, when Rory gets to MVP or, when, or when, uh, when Ed Ruth gets to somebody like MVP. You got to catch that guy. 
You know, can Ben Askren catch him? You know, those would have been those would have been things that we could have we would have been able to see. And somebody hit me up like, oh, well, Ben just wanted to fight the best. All right, well then he should have went to Bellator because Roy McDonald beats he would. So if you want to talk about you know the guy that is better, well, Roy's got to win over the champion right now. Now look, obviously time changes everything, and I'm a big T Wood fan, man. I've trained with T Wood a bunch of times. Super nice guy, great guy. Hung out, you know, we, we've been friends for a long time. Just, but look, you Roy's got to win over him, and you and we're not doing MMA math. That's just how it is, <clears throat> and and of course. The guys from Bellator and all and everyone over there is going to just they're going to continue to repeat that. They're going to continue to talk about that. And um, so if if Ben really wanted to fight the best or he wanted to say he was the best, then he would have fought Roy McDonald, you know, given that Roy's got a win over T. Wood. Now, I think the reason why he wanted to go to the UFC is it's the only title he doesn't have. He's fought Bellator. He fought Bellator when 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 Bjorn was there, and the promotion was run like crap, you know. And then now the promotion's run, you know, by Scott Coker, which is a completely different uh, animal. <clears throat> you know, you have you have all these guys that are there now, and they're doing big things in the welterweight tournament. This is going to be a huge tournament this year. This whole thing's going to be huge. All in the zone. All I mean, like all these things are going. It's going to be a huge year for Bellator. Um, and then just to see if Ben would have jumped into this tournament would have been phenomenal, man. I would have loved to have seen this whole thing happen. But do I blame Ben? No. I mean, like Ben, Ben's been the Bellator champion. He's been the one FC champion. You know, he's just not the current Bellator champion. He's the Bellator champion from when Bjorn was running the thing. You know, and uh, they didn't have they didn't have any they didn't have half the talent. They didn't even have a quarter of the talent that they have now. You know, I mean, they had Lima and they have Korshkov. You know, as far as the rest of the guys, they didn't have any of these guys. You know, these guys. You know, none of these guys are at the level, you know, uh, at that level. Ed would have loved to have seen the Ed Ruth and uh, <clears throat> and Ben Askren fight, you know, or the Roy McDonald and the, and the Ben Askren fight. Those are fights that I would have loved to have seen. But uh, do I blame him? No. I would like to see him win the UFC title too. But we have to, we have to address the issue that will he fight T-Wood? And everyone says no. Everyone says no, he will not fight T-Wood. No, that they're friends. No, they're training partners. But I'm going to keep going back to it. Money does strange things to people, man. It does really strange things to people. So, um, yeah, don't forget that, man. I mean, you see, <clears throat> you, everyone's got to remember that, you know, the promotion will get in their ear. The promotion will talk to them about it all. And they will say, hey, you know, like, what about if we, we pitch it this way? What if we pitch it that way? What happens if T-Wood goes up and gets smoked and was like, you know what? I was a champion down at 170 you know, Ben's got the title now. I mean, I need that money back, man. I need to make some money. So what are you going to do then? I mean, you're not going to deny him because, I mean, he went up to to avoid having to fight his teammate. But, you know, he's going to come back down and saying, hey, I want that money now. I need that strap. Man, get the strap, right? Get the strap. We're talking 50 here. <laughs> so he's like, you know, I mean, to me, you, it's gonna it's gonna put a it's gonna make it a little weird and strange at the UFC for a bit, but uh, it definitely makes for entertainment. But I'm telling you guys now, mark my words. Once Ben loses, they're gonna find a way to cut him, or they're gonna find a way to put him down to the undercard of the undercard of Facebook fights. You know, he won't he won't even be on the fight pass. He'll be on the before fight pass fights. You know, <laughs> it's not even. I mean, that's that's what they do. They're they're notorious for doing that. You know, they did it with, uh, you know, Jake Shields. <clears throat> they did those type of things with those guys. You know, uh, John Fitch, too. You know, once he lost one, they were like, okay, look, let's get, let's bump him down to some lower level fights. And they're, they're notorious for doing that.
they don't like you or they don't like your fighting style, they're going to bump you down and then find ways to get rid of you. Antonio McKee, Damian Maya, Dallas Latis, you know, they couldn't do anything because they couldn't get rid of them because they were winning. But then as soon as they started lo- as soon as they lost one, they bumped them down to the no-name fights. So <coughs> those are things to keep in mind. All right, guys. So other than that, like, though, we're going to talk real quickly about the Floyd Mayweather thing. <laughs> we're going to talk real quick about the Floyd Mayweather thing. The fight was never going to happen, man. Even if it did happen, it was going to be an exhibition. And what I mean by exhibition is a work. It was going to be one of those WWE style, you know, fights where Floyd throws a punch or two and the guy goes down. You know, it was going to be something you see straight out of a movie. Uh, It was never going to happen the way that we thought. And I, I believe that it was... I mean, this whole deal right here on how they had it all staged and <clears throat> I tend not to, I tend not to, uh, to believe a whole okay, lot of oh, my throat. Is... Here's one last one. <coughs> oh, okay. I tend not to, um, I tend not to believe a whole lot of the, co- that comes out of Floyd's mouth, but for some reason, <clears throat> anyone who's ever dealt with, um, with pride has a good understanding of how pride works. And I'll give you a, for instance, when I fought Kawajiri, I had took the fight on like 12 days notice or something like that. I'm sitting at a warriors game courtside eating chicken strips and fries and drinking a beer. And Scott Coker calls me and says, Hey, do you want to fight on the new year's Eve show in, in less than two weeks against Aoki? And I'm like, uh yeah i don't know i haven't really been training da, 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 da. and he goes um there's a lot of money and he tells me the, the figure and i'm like i put the drink down i put the chicken strips down and I, I left the the oakland coliseum i left right then and there and went home and ran you know five six miles and uh that was 10 that was like 12 13 days before the fight <clears throat> now mind you we're fighting in uh saitama arena in japan and I show up there. So I really only had like a week and a half to train. And then I show up to the venue. I show up to the uh, to uh, to the hotel in Japan. I land at like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Get to my hotel. Get checked in. And I'm... And I'm I sleeping. I wake up. I get ready to have breakfast. And I get a phone call from Scott Coker. And he's like, hey... <clears throat> They want you to fight Kawajiri now. And I'm like, uh, all right, what's going on? And I'm like, well, they matched, they, they want to match Aoki up against this like kickboxer guy. And they're, they're willing, they want you to fight Kawajiri and they're willing to pay you this much more. And I'm like, which was like half of what they had originally offered me just to fight Aoki. So they offered me almost, they offered me almost another double. It was like half of what I was actually getting paid. They offered me that on top of it. So I was like, and I had already just was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to fight no matter what. I'm already in Japan. And they offered me more money. I'm like, oh, for sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? So, I mean, just, yeah, just just uh, to make it clear, this was like by far, <clears throat> um, you could combine almost all of my UFC fights and it was more money than that. So it was, it made it worth it. It made it worth, you know, but they do this. The history is shown and you can ask all the guys from Vanderlei to, 
to Baroni to to I mean anyone you can get a hold of Mark Coleman that had fought in Pride you could ask them <clears throat> this type of stuff happens all the time in Japan so the fact that when he went over there when Floyd went over there and was like yeah I thought I was going over there to do an exhibition for a bunch of rich guys you know that we're gonna pay a lot of money he's like this type of stuff happens all the time. <clears throat> I, I believe him uh, for, for some weird, odd reason. I mean, I believe Floyd that this is exactly like how they do these type of things. You know, they try to put you on the spot. I think when you get there and it happens. And so for me to, for me not to think that this didn't happen, I believe, I believe it is. I believe it, I believe it happened almost exactly the way that it, he, exactly the way he said it happened, you know? And, um, <clears throat> it's crazy. I mean, to think that, but yeah, I think so. I think it happened that way. So, <clears throat> to think, who are you looking at right there? Yeah, I was looking at yours. Just uh, like I was looking to see. Yeah, to, to think, afraid. to think that, um, <clears throat> to think that it didn't happen that way is, is kind of strange. Given the Japanese, the, I've seen how the Japanese have done business, and and everyone loves fighting over there. You know, as long as you put on an exciting fight, they will always have you back. They will always <clears throat> pay you a ton of money. <clears throat> uh, you know, going over there, Japanese people are so nice, so fun to be around. All these things. <clears throat> uh, I enjoyed being over there a lot. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, I, it, to believe that something like that, ha to, to not believe it, you have to understand that once you've been there, you, you should understand that that's exactly how it is. That's exactly how it is over there. Um, when it comes to, um, showing up and then changing the, the floor plan, they're like, okay, look, this is gonna happen. Okay, this is what's going on. Okay, then next thing you know, you're face to face with, with this 20 year old kickboxing kid, and we're gonna fight in Saitama Arena on New Year's Eve. <laughs> and he's thinking to himself, what the hell did I just sign up for? And you know what he was probably else. You know what else he was thinking? <clears throat> he was thinking, all right, get me back to Las Vegas where I'm on U.S. territory. And then I'll say whatever it is I need to say because I ain't saying shit right now with all these gangsters here, you know, <clears throat> surrounding me. So it's pretty funny. I mean, I, I I've been around. You know, you people can say they've been around it, but it's it's uh it's a different experience to be around like people from the mafia or people that you you know have some sort of like power like that. <clears throat> it's a different feeling. It's almost like a sense of I wouldn't say helplessness, but. It's that, oh man, <clears throat> you know, you feel, you feel the energy of it, probably a good time just to kind of keep my mouth shut and, and, and mosey on with throughout my day. So, <clears throat> hey, good stuff. did you fight in the Playboy Mansion? Yeah, twice. <laughs> really? Yeah, I fought at the Playboy Mansion twice. How is that, like, how is that set up? It was a small venue. I mean, it's only like 700 people. I think at the max, 700 people. Invite only. You got to buy pre-buy your tickets. I think each ticket was like 1500 bucks a ticket. Oh. Yeah, it's expensive. That's crazy. <clears throat> but you're there fighting the back. Hugh Hefner sitting cage side. <laughs> you know, it was cool, man. Yeah, I was the co-main event on, uh, I think, main event or co I was the co-main event on both of them. So, but good. It was a good card, man. Both both cards were good. They were fun. It was just fun to be there. I think the media loved it the most because they didn't have to fight and they got to go to the Playboy Mansion both times. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. <clears throat> but you had to get pre-approval. Like everything was done. Like you know, legit security was there. We were bust in, bust out. I mean, the whole deal. So it was cool, man. We had a good time. Fun times. Uh, <clears throat> your boy. Baroni. We were just talking about Phil Baroni. Fights Chris Lieben in bare knuckle boxing. He came out like I want to say like the last two weeks. He came out like the last two weeks. 
Oh, man. Ah. Just hard, man. Yep. It's hard to watch, you know? Mm -hmm. I think um, <clears throat> we've had this conversation about a lot of guys. Uh, it has something to do with not, not knowing when to quit. It just has to do with um, just understanding that your, your mind and your body is not what it used to be. I think it's hard for people to, to understand that. <clears throat> um. You know, uh, it's it's hard. I think when I see when I see even when I see Chris Lieben fighting, I'm thinking to myself, man, why? You know, I mean, I look and I know these bare knuckle boxing uh, people. They're paying a lot of money. I mean, they're paying a lot. Okay. Yeah, they are. So <clears throat> um, they're paying more than some of the top, you know, lightweights and and uh, bantamweights and that are they're fighting the UFC. What? Yeah. Some of those guys. Some of the some of the top UFC and Bellator and One FC guys, you know, in the in the in the lower weights, they're not making much. These guys are doing one fight and they're making you know decent money, you know. Um, <clears throat> it sucks. <clears throat> it sucks to see. What, what sorry, do you mean? Guys. What I sucks keep about my throat? Sorry. <clears throat> like it sucks that they're kind of being exploited. Or? No, 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 no. I'm glad they're making money. I mean, it just it just sucks to see these guys fight. I mean, you see, like like I don't enjoy watching, you know, the older guys. Um, <clears throat> I don't enjoy watching the older guys fight and get hurt. That's the thing, you know. And so when you see these guys, um, you see them fighting. You see them doing. I, they're still doing well. Like look at DC's 39, doing well at the top of his game. Brony's 42, and he's had a rough career, man. Like, he had some tough fights early in his career, you know? Um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. You got Chris Lieben. I mean, like, all these all these fights, I, I don't know what to, I don't know how to... I can't put a... I can't, I can't wrap my head around these guys fighting like, anymore. I don't, I don't get it. <clears throat> but then again, they're not really where... where they're not really where what I had had in mind for myself, life after fighting. I had life after fighting in my mind was <clears throat> was to do things like this, was to do a podcast, was to do was to try and do TV, was to try and do all these things, you know, whether it was work with, you know, own a gym, do be a business owner, do whatever it was. But my ultimate goal at the end of it all was to be able to hold a conversation and and, uh, you know, and, um, be able to have this conversation with people and talk, you know, try to, try to talk at a high level with, with whatever they were talking about, you know? And so I just, I don't, I don't see that in some of the guys and it's sad to see some of them have a hard time having a conversation. Some of them, some of them stutter, some of them, <clears throat> some of them just are not the same people that when I met them, you know, 15 years ago. So, and, and I don't, I don't mean, um, like they've changed their personality based on like, oh, they have money or they don't have money or they're broke or they're not broke or whatever it is. No, I'm talking about like, they just, you can hold you talk to them and they're not the same person. They're not, <clears throat> their energy level is not the same. They are either all the way up or they're depressed. You know, um, those are all signs and things of, you know, of, uh, of uh, CTE, and when you see it, it's it's upsetting, you know. But what are you gonna do? Nothing you can do about it. Do you yeah. see um, Misha Tate 
Yeah, so one. <clears throat> I just texted him. Him like one just seems to have like come up at like the the talk around that that promotion just seems to have like mm-hmm. come up all over the place. Yeah, well, of course, I and mean, when you sign somebody like an Eddie Alvarez, uh, that was huge. And then when you're able to do the trade with, uh, if you're able to do the trade with the UFC, um, the one thing that I want. The, the one thing, <clears throat> look, I used to work for 1FC. I worked from, for them for a couple of years doing case side commentary for them. <clears throat> what I think is they are their own business. They do their own thing. I think that the UFC looks at them as no threat at all. And Dennis, by, Dennis by, friend owns it as well, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say, I don't know if Chatri is his friend. You know, I wouldn't say Chatri is his friend. But Dana's also worked with Matt Hume, who was Rich Franklin's coach. Rich Franklin does work for them. Now Misha Tate. And they're making, they're looking, they're making some big moves. So we'll see. But you have to also remember, they are, an, they're an Asia, <coughs> they're an Asia promotion. Man, I'm having like an episode right now. I can't even get through it. It's that old age, buddy. Huh? It's old age. It's the old age, you, you can't handle the cold. Yeah, wow. wow. <laughs> You're going stiff. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I just, I think that there's a connection between the two, whether they can get deals done or not. Um, <clears throat> for the future, I don't know, we'll see. But they're not, they're not, um, <clears throat> they're not, they're in Asia. They're they're not they're not they don't come to the states they're not in Canada they're not in the U S they're not in Mexico they're not they're not in South America <clears throat> I mean I'm interested to see where it all heads they've got good talent I mean I could see them potentially trying to maybe go to Mexico now they got Eddie Alvarez you know um I, I don't know I mean that was kind of the what's going on I, I don't I don't I don't see exactly how what else they're gonna do. They're going to stay in Beijing. They're going to stay in uh, Kuala Lumpur. They're going to stay in uh, Jakarta, Singapore, Manila. You know, all the. Uh, they're going to stay over there on that side, from what I understand. <clears throat> there was talk about them trying to get to Brazil and maybe do a show in Brazil uh, in the future, but that was also two years ago when I heard that, and I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't seen them uh, do it yet. So, um, it, we'll see. They're making some big moves. They have Rich Franklin, I want to say is like their their president of operations or something like that. They got Matt Hume. They just signed Misha Tate. You know, I mean, they've got big names all surrounding them and around it, but are those names big names in Asia? That's what you have to ask yourself. Are they big names? Sure, they're probably big names in Singapore, but are they big names outside of Singapore? Are they big names anywhere else? And so you have to ask yourself that. We'll see. So, <clears throat> I think the last thing we're going to touch up on is is Henry Cejudo and TJ Dillashaw apparently fighting for the 125-pound division. I kind of think what they're going to do is they're going to hold up the division a little bit. And they're going to have TJ go down and wait to 125, fight for the title there, try to win it. If he wins it, they will shut down the division, and Henry will go up. If he loses... They may try to gear the 125-pound division around Henry Cejudo. That's the only thing I can think of. <clears throat> because now you have a viable champion who beat another champion uh, uh, who's the champion at the upper weight class. 
<clears throat> or you could say that if Henry beats TJ at 125, then they don't need to have that 125-pound division, and they can just bump him up to the 135 and have him fight TJ at 135 for the title there, which means you're going to be on hold for another year <clears throat> in the 135-pound division. Who's going to be on hold? The the whole division. 135? Yeah, because they're well, if they're going to fight at 125, and what happens if Henry wins? Then does Henry go up to 135 and fight for the title there, which will hold, put that fight on hold again? Because TJ will still be champion, I think, at 135. Yeah. <clears throat> so if Henry beats him at 125, what's to say that he doesn't go up to 135 and try to win the title then? He gets an automatic shot because he just beat him at 125. So that whole division will be held up for at least a year. That's a good card as well. Oh, is that is that Makachev versus Cowboy? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Do you have a date on that? That's the card. That's the Anaheim card. Anaheim. Jan January twenty sixth. January twenty sixth. All right. This is the one for same night as the. Uh, yep. Yeah. Who's the main event? Doesn't say. Uh, it's probably going to be this one. So it says. Um, the fight would be the main event to an already stacked cards yeah. with Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler, Dominic Cruz, John Lineker, and Paul Felder and Jim. Yeah, Fink. they're trying to do whatever they can to get away from the heavyweight Grand Prix from Fedor. Fedor and, uh, yeah, they are. Is that the same night? Same exact night. Oh, January 26th. Yeah, same exact night. Is that Where is that fight? Is this uh, pay-per-view? Uh, yep, UFC 233. Yeah, that's going to be tough, man. I mean, all they're doing, I mean, that sucks because all they're doing is splitting, splitting fans. <laughs> Isn't that the point of the game? Competition. No, normally like promotions don't like to put a lot of money into something, knowing that they're gonna. Um, it's gonna yeah. hurt buys, huh? Knowing that it's gonna like hurt the buys. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, <clears throat> especially pay per view right now. You know, especially pay per view right now. Like the, the the money's not there. I mean, no one's buying them just to buy them. You know. <clears throat> Islam, good card, man. Islam, that's a tough fight for him. Cowboy's tough. Yep. And then my my home girl Joanne Calderwood. No, your girl, huh? Your Scottish girl. <laughs> <clears throat> She's from Scotland. The other one's from Brazil, huh? <clears throat> Anyways, what were we just talking about? Um. Oh, the fly. Yeah, I mean, like, so if TJ goes down, if TJ wins. Henry will, I mean, I don't know, Henry will go up. If TJ loses, I mean, Henry will go, I mean, I, they basically, I think, just so that TJ can have his title shot for two two championship belts. <clears throat> That's the only thing I can think of. You know? I don't know, we'll see. This is, I mean, it makes for an interesting card. I mean, it does, it makes for an interesting uh, fight card. It kind of sucks they're doing them both the same night, but. What, do you think they'll just force the 125 division or like, hey, fight at 35 or go find another yeah, promotion? Yeah, I, I think they'll just shut it's it down. Shame, man. Go back to the division, let me see. Yeah, because, yeah, that whole division's gone now. I mean, if you think about it right, you have the only guy that's really on there that they would probably try to say would be Joseph Benavides. He's like that's really small. Like you can't. I can't imagine him at thirty-five. Really, no, really yeah, I can't imagine him at thirty-five either. I mean, but he is getting a little bit older. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll do something where they maybe they'll put him um, in broadcast position or something. He's been. He's kind of doing all his. You see that 
Dapper Scrapper that he's doing, where he mm-hmm. like takes pictures of the fighters like at the event. It's like his little Instagram thing that he does. Yeah, <clears throat> I like him, man. He got a cool little style to him. <laughs> you know, he's a quirky dude. It's funny we're talking about uh, alpha male guys uh, last week or. Yeah, when Adam was on the show, yeah, uh, <coughs> and we're talking about Danny because he, because he, because um, he's he's doing a jiu-jitsu match with Danny. Is that what it is? Yeah, Danny Castillo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one time. So, so uh, I was at a local show one time, and uh, one of the alpha male guys was fighting Josh Emmett, who we had on the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, it was before he got in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh Emmett had he won his like last local fight before he got to the UFC, mm-hmm. and it was like a big fight. And so uh, the Team Alpha Male like Instagram page, they put out a post on Instagram say, uh, saying uh, like of Josh's win, and they put in the they put in the caption like everybody tagged Dana White to get him in the UFC. So everybody's tagging Dana White, and uh, Danny goes on there and goes to tag Dana White. But I guess when he types D A N, his own name came up <coughs> first, and so he clicked on. I guess he, like that's what he did is he clicked on his own name and, and hit submit comment without realizing he tagged himself. <laughs> so someone screenshotted him tagging himself and then they screenshotted the caption saying everybody tagged Dana White and like they, they posted a picture of like Danny tagging himself and basically making fun of Danny. Right? So uh so then I saw that picture and I went in the comments and I put I put the laughing emoji, you know, like the cry laughing mm-hmm. one. And uh and then Danny fucking replied to me in the comments saying, You think that's funny, motherfucker? I'll kick your ass. <laughs> and I was like, Why the fuck's he targeting me? I think he recognized me though from like when I used to go up there. And then uh but then I had to go film at Alpha Male like the next week, uh, with one of the fighters and I was like, Fuck, I don't wanna go in here because he's gonna what be a, mad. What a pussy. You're <laughs> bro, such a pussy. Bro, and then so so I <clears throat> I go to the gym and uh and I'm and I'm in there and I walk in and Danny's like teaching a class and I'm like fuck he's gonna he's gonna see me he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna be my ass right now and uh, so I'm like hanging out just kind of trying to keep my head low I text the fighter that I was filming with I was like hey make sure Danny doesn't beat me up <laughs> and uh, then he finishes the class and everybody's like hanging out and then uh, and uh, he's Danny's going around everybody he's like he's like high fiving like good uh-huh. good job today good job today <clears throat> and then he gets to me. He like gets up to me and he go and he like puts his hand and he's like, "What's up, dude?" He's like, "He's what?" Well, he said something like, "Uh, like uh, we're cool or something." Like, oh, we're good or whatever. And I was like, "Thank fuck, man." Ah, you're funny. Gonna, <laughs> thought he was gonna beat me up, man. I would have loved to have seen it. We should have filmed that. <laughs> Dan, cool. Danny's crazy though, man. Like, uh, like I've seen him out and about, like at, at local shows, <clears> and like he he gets he gets upset. People. We should do this thing where I train you. Like a little bit of jiu-jitsu, and we try to go around to gyms and see if you can t- you can catch a fighter <laughs> in a submission. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. Oh, dude, man, get my ass beat so bad. It's all right. We can get Sammy the the twenty year blue belt. Huh? <laughs> we can get Sammy the twenty year blue belt. See if he can catch a, a fighter in a submission. All right, guys. Well, hey, um, sorry about the throat. Um, man, it's bugging hey, the crap out of me. We have a big week ahead of us. Oh, yes, we do have a big week ahead of us. Tomorrow we will be uh, filming with... I will be doing a two-hour show with Mind Pump, Mind Pump Media. So check them out on iTunes, YouTube, all those things. That My interview with them will be tomorrow. Also, we will be turning around interviewing them as well. So uh, all the guys from Mind Pump Sal, Mind Pump Justin, all these guys that are on there. So we'll be interviewing them, and uh, we will go from there. And then right after that, we have a special guest we will be filming with... um, also, 
So I will not let you be told that, but we will have him as well. I will, I will not tell you who it is. You guys will have to That's see. That's a separate podcast. That's a separate podcast. That will be a separate podcast. So awesome. that'll be a good one. So we'll be dropping a lot of knowledge tomorrow, uh, hopefully by tomorrow night or Tuesday. And do you want to talk about next weekend or no? <clears throat> Next oh, Saturday. next weekend is uh, Dwayne Lane, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, Dwayne Ludwig. So, someone that I fought before in the past. Also, uh, the head coach of TJ Dillashaw. So, we will have him on as well. Please don't miss that. Uh, that will be entertaining as all hell. And um, we will go from there, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. The, this next couple of weeks is going to be huge. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Here we go. The are with Punk's Opinion. Thanks for tuning in and uh, follow us on IG, Instagram, Twitter. Also follow me at, at the Real Punk on IG, uh, Twitter, <clears throat> those type of things. Also uh, Sammy and the Punk at Sammy and the Punk on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. All right, and uh, we are out.